Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's February 4th, 1979, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Imagine you're a 32-year-old insurance salesman from Detroit. This is the kind of escapism people turn to podcasting for. (laughs) You would love to be a big sports star, but you have no particular sporting ability. Again, I I suspect that represents quite a few of you. Well... (laughs) If the year was 1979 and your name was Barry Bremen, then on this day, you would don a full Kansas City Kings uniform and join the basketball team on the court, unannounced, for a pre-game warm-up, thereby launching your career as the great imposter. It helped that Bremen was six foot three or six foot four, depending on which source you believe. He had a lean frame and it helped him to blend into a lot of the sporting scenes that he managed to infiltrate. According to his wife, he had been a sports star in school and had always fantasised about being, you know, a sporting celebrity. And because it was the 70s and they hadn't really got their heads around security at these kinds of events, he was able to make it happen many, many times. (laughs) One of the problems on that very first outing was, though, that he actually wasn't very good at shooting. And so he grabbed a basketball in his full Kansas City Kings warm-up suit and was shooting, but he just missed every single time. And the players who were all around him, they're the NBA All-Stars. And they thought this was so hilarious that, you know, they spotted him immediately and they started feeding him the ball and just laughing at how bad he was. So it wasn't as if he was getting away with it. But I think that's probably the best kind of imposting in a sports scenario, isn't it? Because actually, once you've got past the initial kind of, ho-ho, I'm here, look, I made it, I made it onto the pitch, aha! Yeah. You have no more material to follow on from that. You're no. not a sportsman. No. <laughs> no. And actually, you want someone to come and take you away so that you've got the anecdote. You don't want to be playing basketball with the NBA for longer than five minutes. (laughs) Although I couldn't help but think if this had happened in the UK, everyone would probably have just let him carry on because of the 1% possibility that he is somehow on the team and I'm going to embarrass myself massively if I try and call him out and look terrible. I just won't say anything. (laughs) The thing with basketball is that you are much closer to the audience, aren't you? It's a similar distance to an audience in a theatre. They can see you. The audience. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering how long you were going (laughs) to... You're nearer to the stall (laughs) And you are to the circle. <laughs> I'm an infiltrator into any conversation about sport. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think on the baseball field, you can actually really get away with it, as he did later, mm. if the team are supportive. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's funny because the audience of spectators aren't <laughs> able to see, really, unless the camera's on you and they can see on the big screens at the pitch. They're not able to see who you are. Well, in 1979, he also did a stunt where he tried to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. And I don't know if you've seen the photos, but he really doesn't make 
anywhere near convincing <laughs> enough a cheerleader for him to be able to have done more than run onto the gridiron wearing the outfit. He's got a sort of blonde wig and he's wearing a mini skirt and so on, but he's really not going to pass as a cheerleader. But you're right, when he does that stunt where he dresses up in a New York Yankees uniform and goes to an all-star baseball game in Seattle, also in 1979, I've seen the footage of it and you can actually hear the audio of him talking to the players in the outfield and he's saying things like, hi, uh, <laughs> I'm an imposter. And they're all just going with it. They're like, cool, yeah, you know, who are you? One of them says to him, where did you get the uniform? And he's like, he said he, he had it made. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. Now, like, everyone who goes to any sporting match is wearing the yeah. uniform. But back in the 70s and 80s, this was before the time when selling, you know, shirts and jerseys was, like, a big part of a club or team's revenue. And so he had to actually actively, you know, steal in the first place that can the City Kings outfit and then have New York Yankees pinstripes made up for him. And Bremen said that as his career, as a, I say career, you know, as his stint as a sports imposter went on and he himself gained a level of fame and notoriety, the players themselves became instrumental in helping him. So they were able to assist him in getting the uniforms, getting access to the right places to invade the pitch at the right mm. time. You know, they saw it as a good laugh. He said, he told an interviewer, they always have a good time pulling something off against the establishment. That's why it's been so successful. And it was an interesting thing of where yeah. as he became famous, he ended up becoming quite friendly with some of these people he's quite friendly with some sports commentators coaches players and stuff so in a way he did end up becoming part of the sporting industry albeit in a very unusual way yeah I mean the media supported him the, the reason that you could hear that audio of him on the baseball pitch in Seattle is because he'd actually been given a microphone by the tv program who were going to broadcast the footage uh, uh, they said that they wouldn't lie for him. They wouldn't say that he had press accreditation because that was one of his ruses to get in very often was he'd create a fake media agency with him as the sole representative and then invade the pitch or the court where he was. But they said that they'd film him and give him a microphone. My favourite line from that is he goes up to one of the players and says, hey, I'm Barry Bremen, I'm an imposter. And he goes, I am too, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, That's the picture, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of the pictures. Yeah, which is not <laughs> something you could imagine. I know baseball's a different sport, but I'm thinking about premiership football. I cannot imagine that happening now. <laughs> but th that show was presented by the sports broadcaster Dick Shap, and they became friends. And, and actually, he gave a shout-out to him as a thank you at the Emmys when he accepted Betty Thomas's award for Best Supporting Actress for Hill Street Blues. So that was another invasion that he did. This was the thing that really caught my attention. Uh, this is probably the first of what I intend to be many, many Hill Street Blues references on the show. It's my, <laughs> it's my absolute favourite TV show of all time. What? But it wasn't even around in the 1940s. This was the 1985 Emmys. Betty Thomas had been nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama for Hill Street Blues, I think every year of its run. And this was the last time she was nominated and the only time she won. So this was her big moment in the spotlight. And instead, Barry Bremen, who had again, he got a front row seat just by paying for a top tier ticket and putting on a tuxedo. I don't know if you're still able to do this now. And he was able to then beat her to the stage. She was still way back making her way up. He leapt on and said, you know, she's not here. I'll be taking her award. There was great confusion. And obviously she was rapidly approaching the stage. Cut to David Hasselhoff in the audience looking bemused. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, a few minutes later, when obviously Bremen had been sort of roughly escorted from the stage, she was then able to accept the award herself. But this was the only time he actually seems to have owned up to making a mistake. He apologised to her later. He said that he actually did think that she wasn't going to be there that night. So he would just be, you mm. know, it would just have been a bit of fun instead of actually robbing her of her moment in the limelight. 
Her own report of the moment itself was that she said, when I got to the stage, there was some strange man accepting my award. It's the nightmare we were all afraid of. <laughs> I was like, I've evidently not got close enough to getting an Emmy <laughs> to Very specific experience that nightmare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not everybody enjoyed it at the time. What turned out to be his last stunt was in 1986 at the Houston Astrodome Stadium for an all-star baseball game where he tried to walk on in a pilfered New York Mets uniform. It turned out that he actually wasn't very good at outfielding, which was what he was trying to do in the warm-up, and he was quickly spotted. (laughs) And he was chased off the field by the baseball coach Tommy Lasorda, who recalled, and I imagine this is probably how he sounded, he said he was living his fantasy, and I said it was my fantasy to get his ass off the field. <laughs> Houston, Rebecca. That's your Houston Yeah, accent. but he travelled there from an Italian-American place, in my interpretation. Right. Yes, sure. <laughs> it was true that there was a hugely different attitude to impostering generally at the time. If you think now about how streakers are treated, the mm. camera cuts away, and, you know the tone of the broadcast turns very it's almost like they're announcing somebody's death oh someone's Mm. really ruined this moment which i suppose is important to discourage the constant interruption (laughs) when you've got whatever it is forty thousand people assembled in a stadium (laughs) the turning point for sporting imposters came in 1993 bremen would officially retire in 97 but he hadn't actually done any sports impostering for many years at that point officially Um, retire there was a statement was there (laughs) well yeah he did he said he was going to do one last stunt but he never as far as i could see he never actually got around to doing it he just retired oh he's just in deep pretending to be dead rebecca (laughs) the ultimate stunt no but in 1993 there was this massive turning point for tolerance of sporting imposters the teenage tennis star monica sellers she was billed as being the next great female tennis star she was stabbed on court during a match Mm. she was sitting at the sidelines Mm. taking a drink of water and a deranged Steffi Graf fan stabbed her in the back and it was obviously awful she wasn't seriously injured but it damaged her as you can imagine psychologically and she never regained the amazing form that she'd been on before and that really changed the whole perception of whether or not it was funny when a member of the crowd rushed on you know and interrupted proceedings and Bremen said himself when he retired that not only had security got much harsher but he didn't want to be mistaken for a crazy person did you see in 2016 two imposters got on the parade float in Manchester with all the genuine Team GB medalists in the, That's in, the, amazing. in the official Champions Parade. Yeah, it was great. They got busted live on air by a Sky correspondent. They said that it had gone much further than they intended it to. Yeah. They just thought it would be funny and they were sort of waved onto the bus and so they just went along with it. But again, they had the outfit. They had the Team GB outfit, <laughs> which again, outfit. now you can buy in the store, but they had it with a yeah. fake medal. And yeah, the Sky News correspondent just says like, and what was your award for in the Olympics? Was it blagging? And you can see the moment like dawn on them that they've been busted. (laughs) Next time. Why do we not have tributes to Engelbart? (laughs) I know, there should be. We just need like a big concrete mouse. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.